Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Wednesday the 7th of December. Today, I am joined by Yasmin Husseini, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hi there, Yasmin. How are you doing? I'm good, Peter. How about you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Um, I'm actually particularly excited. I mean, I know I'm talking this talking this up now, right? We haven't talked about anything yet, but we had this call just now, and I, it was a very exciting call. So I know I'm building it up now, <laughs> but um, um, but um, but the but um, yeah. What is your what story are you going to be talking about today? Yeah, absolutely no pressure um, <laughs> from <laughs> yeah. your side. Yeah. yeah, so I'm going to be talking about Amazon today Yep. and their endless saga of drama. Yes. <laughs> so Amazon um, has finally reached a deal with the EU antitrust regulators over the concerns that they have that the way they use their data undermine their competitors. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have committed to increase the visibility of rival products by giving them equal treatment on the Amazon buy box, which I'm going to explain a bit more later, mm-hmm. um, which is the method that generates the majority of purchases on the site. And it will also create an alternative featured offer for those buyers where the speed of delivery is less important. So just a bit of background about the investigation might be a bit helpful. Um, so Amazon has a dual role as a platform. They sell their products on their website as a retailer, and they provide a marketplace where independent sellers can sell their product directly to consumers. So when providing this marketplace, Amazon continually collects data about the activity on the platform. So based on the EU Commission's fact-finding, Amazon seems to be using competitively sensitive information about marketplace sellers, their products, and transactions on the marketplace. What does that mean? That means that it gives Amazon unfair advantage because they obviously have you know, um, access to all the transaction data, the prices, uh, the consumers, the demography. So the investigation would look at two things. Um, standard agreement between Amazon and marketplace sellers, which allows Amazon's retail business to analyze and use the third-party seller data. So they're going to be checking this. And the role of data in selecting the winners of that buy box program and the impact of Amazon's potential use of those sensitive marketplace data on that selection. So what is the buy box? The buy box, you know, I think most of us have already ordered from Amazon. It's mm-hmm. when you uh, select a product and on the right, there is a display which says like add to cart or buy now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So obviously most of you probably would think, okay, well, this is in, in, in most purchases I do. It is in most purchases you do because it's the ones that are featured at the beginning. Winning that buy box seems key for the marketplace seller as a vast majority of transactions are done through it. If they don't, it's a bit hard to be featured at the top. Mm. Um, and it is an expensive deal. So maybe independent businesses might be suffering. So anyway, that deal um, with the uh, commission comes three years after the EU regulators opened this investigation um, and alleged that Amazon has anti-competitive practice on how it handles data and uh, um, obviously features the buy box. So it's a good thing for the EU because it's going to serve as a blueprint for the tech companies complying with the new Digital Markets Act. I think we mentioned the Digital Markets Act many times on this podcast, but just as a reminder to the listeners, 
Um, the DMA is a EU legislation which aims to put a end on unfair practices in the online platform economy. And that entered into force in early 2022, in March, I think. So what does it do? It sets out obligations on large online platforms, which are called gatekeepers, to give equal treatments um, to data and banning what is called self-preferencing, where a company puts their products ahead of rival, basically, on its own marketplace. Um, so this deal will allow Amazon to avoid formal charges of breaking EU law, and the large fine is up to 10% of global re revenues. So I tried to look up the number, but it's such a big number that it, it just Amazon is paying attention to regulators. So that says a lot. Mm. Um, so what do you think, Peter? Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, well, first of all, I think that the uh, Digital Markets Act is something that we're going to be talking about for years. Um, you know, I mean, it went, you know, I think that uh, the fact that it is trying to um, make the the big tech companies behave in a in a better way, in arguably, yeah, in a better way is is good. Um, I do think it's very interesting how this investigation has taken three years to come to this conclusion. Mm. Um, but I kind of wonder whether maybe they were they were choosing their moments. I mean, you know, maybe I'm giving them too too much uh, credit <laughs> here, but uh, you know, maybe they were choosing their moment because if you think back on it three years ago the big tech was in a much different position you mm -hmm. know they were very powerful um you know uh, money was you know money was rolling in and then of course you had um you know this was just before uh, covid then covid happened we had a probably a bit of a dip and then suddenly a humongous great lift you know over time where they were just making tons and tons of money you know mm. they were employing people left right and center they were buying up warehouse space around the world i mean it was all it was all going really well so whereas now you know fast forward to now and uh, we were seeing the other day, uh, you know, they're cutting 10,000 workers. They're not buying any more warehousing space. You know, it's it's suddenly it's gone gone a bit quieter mm. from their point of view. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, and, and I think, you know, you made a very valid point there that, you know, the fact that they they could have faced being fined up to 10% of their global revenues. It is such a huge num number that they did, they are thinking, well, we must, we must comply really. Mm. Because the thing is with Amazon, it's such a huge company that getting a fine of, I don't know, 20, 50 million, 100 million, you know, it's, it's not really going to touch the sides. Yeah. You know, it, it's the sort it just, of thing. It just costs a business. Kind yes, exactly. Of it is. Yes, exactly. It is a cost of business. It's the sort of money that they could probably find. They look down the back of the sofa. You know, it's sort of it's so it's it's so, you know, they're so huge. So actually, maybe picking the right moment by the regulators to just throw this in is probably quite is quite interesting. And I wonder whether it's, you know, um, regulators that or so not only in the US, but uh, you know, around the world as well, you know, are going to take heart from moves like this. Mm. So they feel that when they do rule against big tech, not only does big tech go, okay, we'll pay the fine, you know, but they actually do something about it as well. Mm. So, um, I, you know, we've seen a lot. I mean, to be honest, it'd be interesting, right? Because, I mean, you know, as, as you know, I mean, I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be writing Watson's um, yearly, right, at the end of this year. Mm. And 
I think I, I'm I'm going to see while I'm doing that. I'm going to see about you know the number of times I've been mentioning regulators, you know, and and the fact because I get the feeling that really in the last few months there's been a the momentum of regulators has been speeding up. You know, mm-hmm. there's a fine here like the Irish. You know the Irish regulator, the the SEC. Um, you know our regulator. You know they're all sort of. I mean, the I CMA. Think they, yeah, the CMA. I mean, they're all sort of. Um, you know, it's all. It all seems to be gathering pace at the mm-hmm. moment. Um, so maybe that in itself, the fact that it's gathering pace, maybe that will force some of the the big tech companies yeah. to do a bit of self policing. You know, I think, maybe they'll I think bring it is about in. due time. Like especially now, we're seeing the Twitter shenanigans. It seems yeah. that you know, unless they are stopped, uh, I think we you talked about it last week in terms of the yeah. uh, COVID. Um, uh, anything related to like a warning about false news is is scrapped. So yeah. giving them this much um, authority on what is allowed on the platform, it's what mm. everyone consumes. Oh, yeah. God, this needs to be <laughs> this needs to be regulated and controlled. Yeah. And I think if, if anything, they are late to the momentum because this yeah. ought to have happened three, four or five years yeah. ago. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But hey, at least it's happening. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, for they'll, they'll I'm sure there will be many retailers out there that will have got, you know, gone out of business as a result of this, mm-hmm. you know, because of Amazon um uh, you, you know you know um sort of taking advantage of their of their yeah. position so it's kind of going to be a bit bittersweet and it's too late yeah. for some people but hopefully from now on it means that the playing field yeah. is is a bit better i mean i i have to say one of the other allegations which we haven't talked about today and i haven't said in here but i found find equally fascinating is the advertising the, uh, uh, no, no, it's the one where um, apparently they have a secret. I mean, this sounds great, and this does. If it is true, this would definitely be good on a, on a Netflix documentary. Mm-hmm. Is um, they that they have a special team um, involved, which basically what they do is they use this um, third party data. Um, they look at products and they think, oh, that's a hit product. Let's say, I don't know, Mrs. Smith's apple pie making i don't know why i got that from but mrs smith's <laughs> apple pie making kit right on on yeah. amazon does incredibly well and they look at it this special team um it looks at it goes well you know they're doing really well those sales of that thing are, are flying you know let's order one of those so they order one they bring it in they have a look at it go i think we can do this so they then go to their t- they they then go to their china suppliers um say can you do this for less price and they'll go, yeah, of course we can, you know, because you've you've got you've got uh, volume, your Amazon, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, that sounds like an IP nightmare. Yeah, and then they then do something that's incredibly similar, mm. and they put it on there as their own brand, and they price it below the you know Mrs. Smith's original mm. kit, and suddenly, and they put they prioritize it as well mm. on the search. So when you type in Mrs. Smith's whatever you'll get that one in front of you as well. Mm. And you think, oh, hold on a minute. Well, this one's like 20% cheaper than Mrs. Smith's and it looks the same. So, yeah, I'll well, go for that. Well, it seems that Mrs. Smith can look in, into her copyright textbook and, <laughs> and, you know, sue Amazon. But at the yeah. end of the day, sue Amazon for what? You know, 30K. Yeah. They, yeah. they just like bail yeah. her out and then keep going. Yeah, and yeah. As, as exactly. 
Exactly. Now, the thing is, those are allegations, right? So it supposedly doesn't happen, but there have been various sort of, you know, um, allegations yeah. um, of it happening. But my point is, is they have been able to use all this data for a long time. Yeah. And then if you take use of data further, which again, I find is, is fascinating as well, is, you know, Amazon has a huge amount of data. I've said this before. They can tell, uh, you know, if you use Amazon, if, you know, use Amazon like the uh, Prime, they can see what you watch. They, um, in some areas, they they do you know pharmaceuticals so you can get your prescriptions sometimes through them um if you've got a yeah i mean they can they can monitor you know what you buy i mean this is the thing i think that the the uh information data on what you mm. actually spend money on mm. i think is more valuable than say your um your browser history yeah the, because, the clicks and and you know yeah. what you put in your basket what you remove yeah. it doesn't matter where did you yeah. spend your money how exactly. much did it take you to spend your money exactly um, so yeah. super fascinating and you know we have yet to see like the dma's uh next uh next steps next victim yeah yes yeah so what so, is yeah. your story today yeah so um so i thought i'd pick out uh, some very interesting electric vehicle stroke electric vehicle battery stories uh that were out today um and uh, so anyway there was a, a very interesting one in actually both of these stories were from the financial times um one of them was talking about how um chinese companies are uh, you know uh, uh, look like they are going to be benefiting hugely um from electrification in terms of vehicles because mm-hmm. um they they have a huge amount of control um over the uh, batteries so you know over the last you know number or i don't know how many years now but they they have signed direct deals with mines you know with mines with mine with uh, mining companies and so they have been able to source a lot of um you know battery materials like lithium cobalt nickel all that sort of stuff and what it's meant is is actually they <clears throat> sorry they control the supply of, of a, a lot of this stuff and it and so um so anyway so um i think that they're going to do very well because they're already in a very strong position mm. but as we see um uh, uh you know we see they the, the battery makers so chinese battery makers and chinese electric vehicle manufacturers they are dying to really expand in europe and i actually mm. think that if you combine i mean i think the battery makers anyway are going to do very well because we all we're all going to have to buy electric vehicles at some point in the near ish future mm-hmm. so i think that they've got a very strong position anyway but i do think that actually uh, chinese car manufacturers and battery makers if they work together mm. they can actually do extreme they can help each other and particularly i think that the battery makers can help the car makers um make up grounds um in the in europe Mm. much faster than normal because normally um you know car i think car makers find it very difficult to build up trust and a brand uh, recognition um, when they go to a new market i mean i feel um, rightly or wrongly that for instance um uh, skoda uh, it's taken probably about two decades of Skoda um, to actually get a bit of a uh, bit of credibility 
um, and people and you know really good reviews, consistently good reviews, which means that people don't think of them as a as a as, as a cheap and cheerful option. They they actually will seek out um, Skoda vehicles because they get very good reviews. Mm. So so anyway, so I do think this is very interesting. So it could be, for instance, that you get a Chinese battery maker like Cattle, that's C A T L, not anything to do with cows. Um, Cattle, you know, it will do. It let's say it's it. Let's say I don't know whether it does, but let's say it supplies. I don't know great wall uh cars with, it does with supply it. so far volkswagen and mercedes-benz for example oh, yeah. already yes yeah. yeah so they can they can say well look we yeah so we already supply mercedes yeah mercedes and volkswagen um with their their cars and you think they're great well look you know we supply great wall um and their cars are 20 percent cheaper mm. so why don't you go for them you know, because you're effectively getting a, you know, a, a Mercedes um, for a much lower price. Mm. You know, they could argue, you know, I mean, it won't be exactly, but it could, they could do that. Um, and I think that, um, y- you know, I mean, when you also consider that, and this is the uh, the other story, uh, it, you know, in, in what's to say today about this, is that electric car battery prices have just gone up for the first time since 2010. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, is that this is very, um, you know, all of the projections of um, uh, electric vehicle sales have always depended on the fact that um, there is, the, you know, the, the general truth that battery prices are going to continue to go down over time. But they and they have done. But now, because of the lack of materials and things and supply chain problems, they've now gone, but they're now going back up. And that is a problem when you consider that the um, a battery represents about 40% of the price of an electric mm-hmm. vehicle. Yeah. Well, in 2010, say it's uh, the, the unit of measure is kilowatt per hour. Yeah. Uh, in 2010, the price of a battery, EV battery, was 1,160. This is insane. And the and currently, it's 152. So it has already mm. made insane progress. However... Yeah. The normal con- car industry at, at this point is has a hundred uh, pounds per kilowatt battery pack. So yep. this is clearly already a 50 pound gap. And because of that increase, it seems that the, you know, the electric uh, batteries reaching a hundred per kilowatt level is going to be reached 2026, which is two mm. years later than previously expected. Yeah. So I think the whole, you know, decarbonization and going into ev is gonna take even more time and yeah. to the detriment of europe yeah. to, to to you know the satisfaction of china which as i think we discussed it in the call um earlier um would might basically take the hit and just uh sell it at less yeah. um but at least have the you know biggest market share yeah the that's the thing is you know if they want to build market share a good way of doing that, a compelling way of doing that would be to just go, if it's $152 per kilowatt hour for a, for a battery now, let's say, um, and they they come back, your know, cattle comes back to the, the manufacturers and says, hey, we'll do it, you know, we're, we're building, let's do it for $130, mm. you know, and suddenly they're, they're building market share or they 
they can supply that to their their friends at BYD, Great Wall, Neo, all that sort of thing, mm. and um, they can build market share much more quickly. Mm. But um, well, but, this yeah. is if if Europe doesn't use any sort of regulation to limit Chinese yeah. involvement, because yeah. example for like for example in the US, um, we talked about the Inflation Reduction Act on Monday, yeah. and this act uh, prevents cars that contain technology from a foreign entity of concern to receive yeah. any sort of consumer incentives. So it makes them more expensive. So mm. I wonder if Europe might add this and just, you know, take, have, have used their market share in Europe instead of, mm. of letting China being involved in any way. But yeah. we have yet to see. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a very, that is an excellent point. You know, I mean, I think that they, that this, this will be something that will be in their minds when they're talking about this. Uh, you know, they're, they're debating because that's what they're debating. They're debating it right now. Mm-hmm. You know, what can we do in order to make Europe look at as or at least almost as attractive mm-hmm. as, as America as a place to um, invest in these yeah. kinds and of that might be manufacturing? An, that, that might not be the ideal solution at that time. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Loads of stuff covered today. Yes. I mean, so many different themes. And, you know, this is the thing, right? And this is the whole reason for the, for this podcast is to try to uh, help uh, people that listen to this to think about those, make those connections between all the different themes, mm-hmm. what's going on, because it really does help you to sort yeah. it out in your own mind yeah. and to help you yeah. remember things. So, yeah. Yeah. Just like as a final, you know, advice, uh, commercial awareness is not only knowing about the stories, but the more you do it, the more you are able to understand what is uh, um, not only what's it called uh, valid for the industry that you want to get in, but at the same mm. time, create links in between industries because everything mm. is related and geopolitics as well. And I think we've been mm. talking about this for a while. And mm. finally, I suggest reading the, um, uh, article about the Chinese battery makers in full because it is mm. quite interesting and it just has like nice graphics so you can understand. Yes, mm. I was going to say that actually about mm-hmm. the graphics that there there was a pretty cool graphic in there mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, so yeah, um, but yeah, all, all good stuff. So um, thank you very much uh, uh, indeed um, for um, you know for for your thoughts today. Mm-hmm. Um, so and uh, yeah, thank you very much for the listeners for listening. Um, it's been fun. I mean, this is honestly, this stuff is just so, I just find this so fascinating. <laughs> That's why you do like, this. <laughs> well, I suppose it is. Yeah, it is. But it's like, you know, it just makes you think you, you get, you really kind of get involved. It really get into it. Um, it's true. But anyway, um, uh, hopefully it's not just me, but anyway. Uh, so thank you very much indeed for your thoughts. Thank you very much for listeners for listening. Um, we'll be back again tomorrow. And um, yes. if you don't already listen to it, uh, listen to it, watch it, please um, follow on Instagram because I've got more content coming. Mm-hmm. I'm just about to record something today, which I think could be quite amusing. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, thank you very much indeed. Have a great day. We'll be back again tomorrow. Many thank thanks. you. Bye-bye. Bye.